Welcome to Conversations with Toy, a blogcast tackling life one episode at a time. This is the time to air out life's craziest moments. This space is all about speaking about life's hang-ups and ways in which we can leave better than when we started. Topics are all about ways we can find space to be better in life, love, mental space and health. Happy Friday. I'm so glad to be back. We are here. This is episode one of season two. And it's like feels, I'm not gonna lie, it feels amazing. Like it feels damn good to be here for season two. With that being said, you know, it's Friday. Um, This Friday I plan to, I guess, I don't know, I guess today I'm going to wash my hair, kind of relax a little bit. Over the weekend, I have a couple of plans that are in the works. Nothing too crazy. Um, I do have my Broad Street run. So if you're from Philadelphia, you already know. Broad Street run is one of the most biggest runs here in Philadelphia. 10 miles. You know, you got to run each your miles to get your to get your medal because this year it's virtual. I have until Sunday to go and get it, you know, get my 10 miles done. So that's what I'm going to be doing Sunday morning just running and getting my time. Um, it's different. I mean, I don't know. I, I kind of considered that I want to even do the run anymore just because of the fact of like it's virtual. And I think with the, you know, when you're running with a group, even if you're like the last person, that's literally the last person. It's something about the group. It's something about that energy. It's something about the, the crowds that really, you know, kind of pushes you because I feel like, when I'm running, I feel that everybody's eyes is on me. So just having that, you know, all eyes on me, like mentality kind of pushes me like I'll, I'll run faster. I'll, you know, recover quicker. I'm, I'm more harder on myself. Like when I run a race, cause I actually do a lot of like runs, whether that be five miles, you know, five K's, 10 K's, it doesn't matter, but I really do a lot of runs per year which I'm sure my body has actually been grateful that I haven't done so many. I mean, I've done enough because, you know, if I commit to it, I'm going to do it, especially with the, everything going viral, you know, virtual, I want to say viral, but virtual, you know, it's been difficult because I'm used to running, like I said, against the crowd. When I run, I run with the mentality of pushing myself. Like I see everyone and the crowd is like, the energy is amazing but I push only myself and I'm probably harder on myself than most people. I'm telling myself, come on, you know, you could do better. You've done better. You can, you know, whatever it takes to get through them, you know, 10 miles. Cause 10 miles is no, you know, that ain't just running up the street, you know, to the McDonald's or Burger King, which is like a couple blocks from my house. Right. That's, that's, that's not it. 10 miles is just, that is, it's a large feat. So we'll see how Sunday goes. That is the goal. Get my 10 miles in the morning and keep it pushing we are now in the fall season one of my favorite um, times of the year and you know fall always just comes with so much change with the different colors of leaves and just how everything changes over it's like a it's one of the most prettiest seasons I actually was thinking about it um, I met my husband back in yonder years over 20 years ago and when we finally decided to become a couple it was around the fall and there was a picture that I had derived my entire wedding planning around this one picture like literally one picture was going to be the the entire focus of the entire wedding because it was designed around the fall you know it was just I don't know I really love the fall and um these two weeks have I think I I don't know I want to say it's actually feels like it's been more three weeks but I, I mean in my mind I want to say it's been two weeks but this break or quote-unquote break that we took from the podcast it only increased other areas that I'm <laughs> that I'm working on so with the blog it's been a journey I've had so many things happen within these last two weeks very good things let me just say very very good things And so I'm excited about that. And, you know, I used to hear people say like, you know, 
when I just only focus on the blog part, which I do incorporate, you know, any influencing that I do, I incorporate it into the blog because that is always going to be my first love. I'm not going to stop blogging to do influencing by far. I'm not going to do that. It's just not my thing. And, um, I used to hear people say how tired they were and how, you know, a lot of people would say that, say things like, oh, you know, being influencer is a, is an easy job. There's no honor in that. You know, it's just a bunch of people taking pictures. It's not that easy as people think it is. It's actually not. The planning that it takes to make content, to make sure that you have great content and then have, you know, for me, when I think about content, for me, it's a lot of writing a lot of writing. And a lot of people think that when I post a blog on my blog page that I'm doing it in in real time. So like, for instance, if I post a blog today, that blog most likely would have already been done ahead of time. It's already been edited. And I actually can set it for the date and time that I want it to go out. That's just how I work. Now, when I first started, no, that wasn't the case. I was doing everything in real time. It was very stressful because at the time I had very, you know, small children. And now those children are, you know, taller than me. And it just shows the progression of just like how I've gotten smarter. I've not worked. I've worked harder, but it's more working smarter, you know, instead of putting all this undue stress. So in the last two weeks, a lot of has a lot of things have increased. And I'm realizing more and more how much it is to work smarter. You know, if I can cut some time out somewhere. That's what I'm doing, but not cutting out the, of course, the quality at all, not cheapening, cheapening what I'm doing, but obviously finding better ways to, you know, maneuver in this world. Because again, as much as people want to say, well, you know, being a blogger and influencer is so easy. It's actually so not, <laughs> I can't even tell you how I want to high five those who told me that. And I'm grateful for being able to learn from other people. When they tell me something, because that's not the type of child that I was. You can, if you ever get a chance to talk to my mother one day in life, like she'll confirm for you. I was not the child that you could tell somebody like, don't do that. Don't touch the stove. I'm the child that's like, oh, this stove, this stove right here. And you just keep touching it over and over again. And that type of mentality of like, don't tell me, I'll tell you type of thing. That just definitely was not one of my strong points as a kid or even as a young adult. It just was not because it's that. I'm going to do it just because I want to see if there's an effect. And not 90% of the time there's an effect. But we want to tell ourselves that we're fine. And so we just, you know, I'm the kid that touches the stove. I'm the kid that says, don't eat that. It's going to hurt you. And I'm somewhere sick, to, you know, trying to lie and say it wasn't me. Or I, I don't know how this happened. You know, just a bunch of craziness. So I'm kind of great. Not even kind of. I'm very grateful for you know, getting to the point where I can actually take some heat and listen. But you know, like my parents used to tell me, there was going to be a point in time when I was going to get to that level. And you know, they were right. And just like our parents, you know, tell us about the things that we needed to take listen to. You know, now I'm at that point where I'm telling my children the same thing, because, you know, my thought process when it comes to raising children is that I'm raising them to be out into this world, they got to be able to be good citizens. And they've got to be able to make good choices because I'm not going to always be there to guide them. And so, yeah, I'm hearing myself say the same things almost word for word, you know, verbatim about what my parents try to warn me about or tell me about and do all those things about. So I just hope that once they start to touch the stove, you know, that touch the stove mentality, because, you know, some of my there's a few, you know, I only have three children, but, you know, there's that one that is going to touch the stove a thousand one times and then there's that one that's kind of like I'm semi-curious and then I have the one child that's like I don't need you to tell me say less like I'm not going to touch the stove so you know I'm grateful for growth I'm grateful for aging I'm grateful for maturity because that long path of becoming a teenager to young adulthood until you know I don't know when I want to say the last couple Maybe after I had children, maybe my first child, I think, really changed the game. Like, made me really level up. You know, like the whole Sierra, like, truly, truly, truly level up. I don't think you can level, you you don't have a choice but to level up when you become a parent. Like, no matter what you've been involved with, you really have no choice but to level up. And if, I mean, if you really want to do it, you know, whatever, quote unquote, right is, 
whatever right feels to you, you have to, there's a, there's no way you can raise a child without leveling up. So, you know, shout out to my oldest. Like I keep saying to everybody like that girl saved my entire life. She allowed me to see life from a different perspective that I had not even known existed. And so I'm grateful for being a mom sometimes. Like I know there's a lot of people who cannot have children. There's even people who don't want children. And my heart goes out to those who want children and can't have them. But being a mom has really changed the game for me. And it is the reason why I move a lot differently, which I'm quite grateful. As much as I keep saying, I wish I was like, you know, a blogger or influencer a lot earlier. But I think I wouldn't have been ready to receive the gift that I was going to be able to walk in if I had done it prior to the timing that I'm in now. I know that for a fact, because I would have been moving differently. I would have been involved with too many circles. I wouldn't have had the like the mentality of like being able to read people. Although I've been a good reader of people all my life, being able to read someone and having the maturity to, to like to decipher when or when you should move and when you should pause that doesn't always come together. Like you can read somebody, but not have that maturity. And so I'm glad that I'm starting to walk in that maturity where you can be like, no, they, I can tell them just how they act and this ain't going to go no further. But again, like my mom always said, my dad always said, you know, as you grow older, these are the types of skill sets that come to you. You learn because you go through some things and you, you start picking up lessons. And that's when you start gathering yourself. You really start knowing who you really are. And so that is where I'm at. Like I'm almost 40. I'm one more year to 40. And I pretty much just don't have the patience to tolerate a bunch of foolishness. Now, I know I hear everybody say when you turn 40, how that light bulb come on and you just like, you know what? You ain't dealing with it. You don't mince your words. You don't shirk what you say. I'm pretty much knocking at that level. I've been kind of walking in that for the last couple of years. But as I lean a little more into 40, I'm like, I'm what is the point at this point to continue you know you you get guaranteed what 80 years best I can't be living the second half of my life worrying about somebody gonna be offended by something that I'm saying and I'm not saying that you just say what you want to say just because but mm -mm, not so two weeks these two weeks have been good it's been stressful it's been a lot of work that has been taken involved just to get to a lot of these points that I'm at now and um, I'm grateful for it I would never talk down about it I would never complain about it at all because there was a time that I was like I want to be able to do that and I couldn't I didn't know how so now that I'm able to walk in different you know spacings I'm like man whatever it takes late nights early mornings you know whatever it takes but again still working smarter in the last two weeks and let's just you know this is just going to be a recap for today because we got to get back into a good flow but before you ask I still yet have not watched the presidential debate now I know there's somebody like lord how could she not it's not a matter of not it was a matter of sleep for me <laughs> it's the sleep for me yeah I needed to get my entire rest and I am going to be dedicating this weekend to being you know to catching up to it in reading and, and listening to the debates, I caught, you know, glimpse and pieces of it. And because it was glimpse and pieces of it, I don't, I want to wait until I watch the entire thing before I start making my judgment. Now let's not be, you know, let's be keeping it real. The clips that I saw, I could make judgment on that because, you know, some of the things that I heard and saw make made no sense to me. But because I'm a type of person that likes to get the full picture, I'm going to wait until I get, listen or watch the whole thing. Then I'll come back maybe next week's episode and just give you a tidbit of thoughts of where I where I'm at. But as a poli sci major um, from Penn State, I don't know. I, I feel a lot. There's a lot of things that move on the on the back end that people don't realize and we're looking at the numbers and just studying the way that things are moving. It's just, it's very disheartening. So I want everybody, no matter what side you're on, I want you to get yourself and make sure you're registered to vote and then get out here and exercise your actual uh, voice and, you know, actually do it. Like what would be the point of going through all the rigmarole of trying to register and checking your status and then not, not doing it. Um, another thing I would encourage you to do is to make sure you know the laws and the things that you're going to need for your polling place. Like come extra prepared, like come extra, extra prepared, especially if you're going to go in person. But if you have the opportunity to vote early, please utilize that. I mean, I can't imagine what life would be like. I think Philadelphia or Pennsylvania is like, really, this is the first year, I believe, that they've done early voting. 
Now, don't quote me on that, but I could have swore I read that, that that's what the case was, because I don't ever remember that being an option. Now, I'm almost 40, and I've been voting since I turned 18, and 18 was my first time voting. So it's good to see some of the young people that are out here hitting these streets and putting, you know, their feet to the pavement to let people know that it's time to vote young and old, because it is truly important. So if you follow me on social media, there will be plenty of times throughout this entire month and especially as we get closer to November 3rd that I will be posting um, pictures about voting, uh, reminders about voting, reminders about deadlines for registration and checking statuses because I think it's truly important that we continue to push. I think anybody who has a platform, I think you're almost morally obligated to say, hey, get your tail to the poll. And by poll, we mean to vote. And if you got to go to the other poll too, that's your business, but get your behind to the actual voting poll. Um, be aware of certain things like, you know, machines not working, being out there for hours. That's why to me, if you can vote early, do so. Now here in Philadelphia, with the early voting, they had a lot of pullback. And there was even times where like when they first started, the day that they started the first um, early voting, there was already drama. So just imagine drama happening at the polls on November 3rd. Come with a bag of patience, bring you some water with you, get some snacks in your purse or your pocketbook and your wallet or something, you know, be prepared for any type of outcome, but make sure that no matter what comes and what goes that you are at that poll to exercise your vote, period. You need to be there. You need to have yourself counted. If you're doing mail-in ballot, make sure if you can drop it off and have it accounted for sure, for sure, do that. If not, Hey, put in the mail but make sure that you're you're doing your part. And another biggest part of these last two weeks has, has been me making sure that my children have been adjusting to virtual school. Um, mm-hmm. It's been up and down. My youngest is not feeling at virtual school at all. She is a social butterfly. She wants to be at school. The older two are just like, I'm good. You know, either way, they've been perfectly fine. But still, it's been like up and down emotions. I feel like we, every day is like a new adventure. We have a good system in place, I believe, but it's still up and down. You know, it's not as easy as it sounds just to, well, for one, let me just say, so my children's school is open. And so they're able to basically tag or tap themselves into the classroom where they can see the teacher teaching And it's a beautiful thing because when March went down and everything got shut down, my husband and I became the teachers. So I feel like now we're like the teacher's assistant. And now with us being a teacher assistant, I'm also doubling up as the lunch lady, the principal, the assistant principal, um, their assistant. Because I, I don't, you know, what I try to do, especially with the youngest, I try to get all of her things set out for her because it's hard for her. Even with like, they have a chair that sits next to their, their desk area that has their book bag that can just kind of sit at level and they're able to pull their items out. But that works only for the two older children. The youngest child is having the struggle of like, oh, I have a book bag full of books. Which book shall I grab? And what I am grateful for is that first of all, the kids have books because not every school has that. So they're struggling, you know, they're bringing out their books, they're getting their souls together and we have a system. It's semi-working. I'm going to blog about this next week, um, just about the details about how it's been going down. But yeah, it's really been a challenge up and down because of the emotional pull of what they want to do versus what's going to happen or where we are. And so although we have a great system, you know, it's hard to go from basically being at school at home. They, you know, end up changing their clothes and going straight into homework. But that means that that is from the time they start class until the time that they're done with homework, that can almost be a full day. That is a full day, period. And with that being said, that means that I'm going straight into one module to another module and I'm squeezing my stuff in between. So I think that's the biggest thing. My husband and I are just squeezing a lot of our items in between their items. And of course, that's what parents do. But let's just keep it real. It's not easy. It's hard. And there are days where we are super successful. We have smiles all around. Everybody feels, you know, that they've gotten everything done. 
the parents are having great workable days. They feel like they're squeezing their items in and it feels like really productive. And then there's days when I'm like, this is not productive at all, but we made it through another day. And either way, or either feeling each way it works, we are there. That is where we are. And there's just, it is, it is what it is. There's just no other way of getting around it. So shout out to all the parents that are dealing with that. I know I'm not the only person. We are not the only ones that are having to go back and forth and just go, you know, figure out what's going on, who's good, who's not good. I, I just believe we're not. Like, I just want to believe in my heart of hearts that we're not the only people going through that. Uh, secondly, with just the whole back to school and the virtual school, we've been finding a lot of different, you know, gadgets and things that we need that's going to bring calm to our house. So I will be mentioning them and then the products that I, you know, where I found them like Amazon and things of that sort, because, you know, we need whatever we need. Like at this point, if it's a backup and reinforcement, hey, put me in. If it's a goldfish swimming in the water on a desk, that's going to help them learn. Then let me go get a goldfish in the water sitting on the desk. Like there's nothing that I wouldn't make do for my kids to make sure that they could be successful as far as, you know, having what they need. And that's just where we are with that. So back to school, we're full fledged. And I think this now makes it a month that they've been back to school and thriving. Yes, we are. But surviving is more or less like it. However, what I can say, you know, there's always a positive that, again, we are not being the teachers. Not that me, my husband couldn't be. But it's a larger strength of having to do the, you know, everything all at once and having to break down each different cl class for each kid. It's just I'm just grateful that we don't have to do all that again, like, you know, like we did in March. The Brianna Taylor, I want to talk about her for a couple of minutes. We all understand there's no way you don't know about Brianna Taylor, who um, was shot several times in her home while she was sleeping, her boyfriend at the time was defending her because he um, heard a knock or he heard commotion outside of his room, outside of his house or his apartment. And as a man, he stood up and said, I'm going to make sure we're good. He grabs his gun, of which he had all the legality to have only to be to find out that his girlfriend was shot. And of course, the story was that there was no aid rendered. You know, she was a, a frontline worker. And at the end of the day, you know, three of the officers that were involved, only one officer was charged and the family has been paid over, you know, 12 or I think $12 million, I want to say $12 million. And yet there's been no justice. So the gentleman, the officer that was shot, he was ended up being um, charged for basically endangering the lives of her neighbors, but not Breonna Taylor. And so the protests some are calling riots that have gone out that have taken place that have happened has been just a really emotional up and down because as a black woman myself I realize more and more that the value of our lives is even worse than sometimes the value of black men and that to me feels very unsettling because I have two daughters that I have to raise two daughters that are always going to have to be aware of their color to a son that's always going to have to be aware of who he is my son is nine years old and he's already almost tall as me, if not going to be taller than me. I mean, he's going to be taller than me no matter what, because it's, it's just what it is. And to think that because of him being so tall, people are going to consider him. And I've already had this happen. He's literally nine. And I'll have people think that he's older than what he really is. And so I've already been praying over him and praying protection ahead of time because my son is going to look like a grown man, even though he's going to be a, a full fledged teenager soon. And so with that look, he's going to have that look that could, you know, come off as aggressive or whatever the case may be. And my son is totally far from that. So as a black woman, as a black mother, a lot of times people say, especially like white people who don't understand, they're like, I want to be an ally. I don't understand. What should I do? What should I say? I've had that happen. I've had people come and they've asked me and we've had conversations and I'm grateful for those conversations. But it's just like I said, at the end of the day, we got to get other people to see the value. And that's crazy to even have to keep def defining it, to defining the value that as a black person we carry because we're so dope individuals we really should not have to go through that but we here we are so 
the Brianna Taylor situation, I don't believe it's going to be over as of yet. I believe it's still more things to happen. There's been some turns in the case with, you know, the way that the charges themselves have been handled. So, you know, everybody's been praying that this is going to be something that's going to help. You know, I'm not 100% sure. I just know that whatever the case may be, whatever goes down, I am fully aware that we just have to find some way to get get some things right. We got to make some right. And right now the country is not okay. The country is not all right. There's so much hate that's being insinuated, so much violence that's been, you know, completed and done. Um, and again, I want to say there's nothing new under the sun. I don't think there's anything that has happened in the last couple of weeks that would be even suggestive that this is something that's altogether new. Unfortunately, it's just something that's being altogether recorded. Unfortunately, it's something that's being altogether understood is being talked about. It's being, you know, things are being awareness has been has really increased. And so I don't know about you, but I know for me, it's just been a whirlwind upside and down, you know, upside down. It really has. So we have Breonna Taylor. We have um, the presidential elections. We they're coming up again. We have the debates that took place earlier in the week. And I don't know. It's like an eerie feeling. It, it maybe it's just me. Now I know um, we're starting Halloween season, but we we didn't need the Halloween season to come in to start feeling some uneasiness in the air. Like I feel completely uneasy about a lot of the things that are taking place and a lot of conversations that are being had. Like I see so much divide that it makes it just unbearable. Sometimes like when I go to sleep, like when I like, let me just say, if I sit down for five minutes, I'm going to fall asleep. It doesn't matter. But to get like that genuine sleep where you feel completely rested, I've had to take a lot of my extra steps to get there. Like melatonin at night, sleep light on, sleep machine on weighted blanket on stress levels trying to decrease or decrease and decrease it's not like even happening overnight and so I I don't know I I just been praying for the safety of all people involved and all people in life because I just feel like there's just such an uneasiness that I feel and I'm praying that I'm wrong I'm feeling I'm praying that that's just something that's inside of me that's being projected onto the world and so I need to deal with myself because it's like this feeling just will not shake it will not shake so whatever it is I'm just praying that we find an answer that we can get some type of understanding that we can get to some type of resolve because right now it's no resolve like at all in the last two weeks have I seen, I, sometimes I get questions like it's, and trust me, I love it because my blog and my, in the podcast to me is so related. I'll get people who, who send me a DM and say, I listen to your podcast. You know, how do you feel about certain things? Or what about, you know, how do you feel about this? How are you feeling about that? And let me just say, um, I appreciate you sending the questions. I really do. So the one question I got, because everybody knows I talk about self-care because self-care is life. You really cannot live in this world with as much stuff as going on without having some type of self-care. And when somebody asked me um, in my DM, how do I feel about self-care? What's my number one go-to? To be honest with you, the immediate self-care for me has always been music therapy. It's always been music. So for a temporary relief and something's really stressful going on, gospel music is going to be my one and always my first love and go-to because it's very soothing. It's very calming. It's reassuring. It's powerful it's for me. It's very powerful. It helps to calm, calm me down. It makes me feel like, you know, I'm still loved. I'm still being heard. And that is always going to be my first initial go-to. I mean, of course, there's other things that like, you know, the doing nails and going to get your hair done and things like that. Those to me are like somewhat of an upkeep situation more than, just a self-care but that is what I do offhand um, listening to music writing and listening to other people podcasts like there's something soothing about hearing other people and the way that they express themselves and what they're trying to say and their content that they're trying to put out that is very soothing to me and so those are the immediate things that I do when I want to practice self-care um, if it's something that's more elaborate 
you know, I may take a longer shower, I may take a bath, you know, those are types of things. And I want to say take a bath. I'm not talking about I pick and choose when I want to be clean. No, we're talking about the type of bath where you get in and you're relaxed and you have your glass of wine and you have your bubbles going and you got your candles going. Those are the types of things that I'm talking about because building yourself back up will help you to deal with anything that you have to go, you know, have coming up or that you have going on in your life because everything isn't about something that's going to happen sometimes it's living in the the right now that kind of has to be adjusted or you have to get your mindset together to get through anything so I wanted to just talk about for today's lesson or conversation I would say like the art of comparing yourself and I don't even want to call it art because that would sound like it would be a good thing but you know comparing yourself to someone else and then dimming and condemning your own self just because you don't measure up to what you believe someone else is where they where you think they are and I know it's so much easier said than than done to sit there and say that you shouldn't compare yourself to other people because you're supposed to be remembering how amazing you are but you know it's always it's it's a funny thing It never starts out where you just start blatant out comparing yourself. What happens is you have this internal war with yourself about where you don't feel you are. And that has nothing to do with someone else. Then what happens is once you've already defeated yourself in your mind and you've already told yourself how, you know, you're not together, you don't have it together. Then it's when you start to look at other people and say, well, what about whomever? Such and such has it differently than me. Such and such has a better life than me. They have made obviously better choices than me. And it's hard to get past that mentality because as a human being, there's nothing but we don't have nothing to do but to judge other people. And we say, don't judge me, but we really do judge other people. The minute that we give our opinion about someone else's life, that's already based upon a a preconceived judgment. Now you can say that the judgment comes from whatever that other person is putting out that very well could be so. But oftentimes we come in the door with our preconceived judgments about what someone else is either doing or what they should be. And then we compare ourselves to what we are doing. Sometimes we compare ourselves and tell ourselves that we're better off or better than the person that we see. So if you feel like the girl next to you is like really on struggle mode and you're doing better than them, that's another part of it. For instance, now I went to an event, this was, I want to say over a year ago with a bunch of, I want to say other, I guess other bloggers, other influencers. And one of the things that really caught me off guard was it was a girl who actually pulled me to the side. Now she was, in my mind, there could have been two different things. And I think I've talked about this, at least in the blog before, but it's very true. What happens is now when I went to this event, this was my first time I had never been to an event as that was quite like this and everybody was dressed in the nines now me and fashion we we're not tight I'm not the type of person that's like oh my gosh I have to have these type of shoes this type of shirt it's just not it's never really been my thing and so it just hasn't been my thing now I like to have nice things I like the things to look really cute I'm all about that type of vision but I'm not into like putting certain brands I, I, I don't know maybe because And it could be because growing up, I couldn't really afford it. And I wasn't the type of person that was just like, when I get grown, I'm gonna buy everything. It just wasn't my thing. Shopping has never been one of my strong suits. But I am paying more attention because obviously for what I do, it makes more sense to pay attention to fashion trends and or just not even necessarily trends, but to figure out what my sense of style is and make sure that that always comes through. And I remember this person, I had never even met them. And she just was like, you know, you come in here and you're not together. Now, I'm sitting here in the back of my mind saying, now, look here, Lord. Now, I, she don't know me from a can of paint and she don't. She don't know what type of response I'm going to give because she didn't. I'm trying to keep decorum because I don't know anybody else in the room. Like, I felt like if I had had somebody that I could like high five and be like, hey, girl, you see this foolishness? Come get me. Come help me out with this one maybe but because I was in a group where I didn't know anyone at the time I was like I'm not about here and go crazy now again I always take when people say things with a grain of salt but I also feel like delivery sometimes matters and so I tried to teeter between was her delivery just messed up in the game because she was a messed up individual 
or was she trying to put me on into game and make me level up? And just because I didn't like what she was saying or how she was saying, I didn't want to miss the message. You know what I'm saying? But that takes maturity because the reality of it is I was biting my um, tongue and tapping the inside of my toes because I was like, now I look or sometimes I can come off to people as being really sweet and really like, oh my gosh, she's so nice. She's such a nice person. And I am a nice person, but um, on the real, I have been knowing my, most of my entire life from outside of people who probably even met me in Philadelphia that I'm not really one with I'm not the one to play with first of all number one and number two I'm not too kind like I'm not going to just sit there and like eat words most of the time I'm going to come back my mouth is extremely sharp I'm trying to um you know stay close to the Lord stay stay grounded and not have my mouth be as sharp. So there's a balance because I never want to leave a situation where I feel mad because I didn't speak it for myself. But in the same token, not jump at you and give you the opportunity to say what you say so I can figure out really quickly how I'm going to how I'm going to package the snapback. And so at this event, She was really getting into me about how I basically came in there and looking whatever I was looking according to her. And so I was already feeling some type of way because when I came in, because like I said, I just wasn't prepared. I was just like kind of like, okay, nice, but not dressy. And so I was already feeling some type of way. See, that's how it starts. You start feeling some type of way. Then I started comparing myself to everybody else because everybody else came to the nine. Everybody was fly to the T, heels. I mean, the whole nine, makeup on point, hair right. Everybody was right where they needed to be, quote unquote. So then I started comparing myself. So by the time she had already come, I was like already on guard. Because I was like, never will I have her come to anything again, regardless of whatever it may be, and not have myself come together. So I did take with a grain of salt the advice that she gave specifically on that of always making sure that you represent your brand and always making sure that you represent your brand to the point where you look the way you would want, you know, um, a CEO to see you, whatever the case may be. So that part of it is just that her jacked up delivery made me push back a little bit now there's going to be times when you get people who come with great messages but jacked up deliveries and I felt like that was one time that she had a jacked up delivery I can't say that me and her hit it off obviously um since then I don't think we've ever fully got to the point where we were like you know, hey, girl, hey, I was just like, you know, hey, you know what I mean? Because it just, it just didn't, it rubbed me the wrong way because of the way that she presented the situation. I took the lesson for what it was worth and applied it because I felt like business-wise she was making sense. But because she didn't know me and the way that she came about it, she had just no coop. And then it was almost like she started gathering other people around her. And then that's when I felt like I was becoming a, a skeptical, like a spectacle. And that's the part I didn't like. So again, the safe face, I'm not necessarily the safe face because I'm not a safe face type of person. I'm not a safe face type of woman. But because again, I was in a mixed crowd and I didn't know who was all in the room and who was who and who was what. I played it down to keep the, the peace of the situation but I bet you I won't try that one no more. Like I, like you, everybody can get that one. You get that one off or you're okay. You got that. You own that. You got that one, but you won't get me again type of mode. That is where I'm at with that particular situation. Not necessarily that particular person, but just that particular situation. Because, you know, even with raising my children that, you know, I could be right, but it's the delivery that matters. The delivery is what people remember. I may not never see that child, that girl, a one more May not never see her again, but I will always remember the way she delivered that message. And so again, I tried to take a grain of salt, like because I was already feeling the way that I was feeling, because I already came to the door feeling that way I felt immediately because I felt like a sting, because I felt like I had let myself down. Like, why would you have come? Like, maybe you should have got yourself together. Maybe you should have done more. She came in and kind of like confirmed what I was already feeling and then made it, turn it into a to a spectacle moment like a let me embarrass you moment 
I don't very do I don't do well with embarrassing moments. I have embarrassing moments of my own because one, I'm very clumsy. So I'll slip, trip, fall. You know, I can eat that on my own. But when somebody tries to get you in a circle of people that you don't know to intentionally try to cause harm to you, that that right there is that's that pin in the pin that I just I don't I don't care for the tough stuff like that. And so when I'm in this influencing world, it's easy to look at somebody else's posts. It's easy to look at somebody else's page. It's easy to look at somebody else's blog. It's easy to look at somebody else's podcast and somebody else's delivery and somebody else's everything and compare yourself. But there's a difference between comparing yourself and then putting yourself down and then allowing somebody else to come in with the intent of trying to tear you down. And so that lesson I had to figure out because again, I took what she said with the most grainness of salt like I took that I ate that she was right okay you get that it was only after she one began to raise her voice because first of all I'm thinking we're both grown you gave me a you know quick advice I'm listening to you with intent biting my tongue of course now maybe it was because my face was probably gone left now my face will tell you what you need to know about me or how I feel about you by my face, regardless of what my mouth says, because my face tends to move before my mouth does. It's, a, it's I've been like this since I was a kid. Most of the time, because I'm reading you, that's that's the truth of the matter. Most of the time, because I'm reading you, I'm feeling your energy. And if it's not right, I'm, I'm already in the middle of a dismissive situation. But I learned to not allow somebody, again, it has no bearing on the message right? We take the message. But it's the way that it was delivered. Like for instance, if you go to a restaurant, and you have a certain type of type of steak, you may not like that steak, but you've already got the nutrients. If you've eaten a steak already, you didn't like it, it wasn't the very best of steak, you got the nutrients that you got from it. But that doesn't mean I'm going back to the same restaurant. I'm gonna go to somebody else's steakhouse and get a better steak. So that's how I felt about that situation. I got the nutrients from what she was saying. I got the gist of it. I got the message. Okay, I heard you. Got it. We good. But I won't go back to the yo restaurant no more. So whatever she has going on, it won't it won't involve me. Because, you know, if you'll do it to a stranger, and this is how you do with somebody you don't know, there's a good chance that you're doing something crazy and all to people that you do know. And so this is why I no longer compare myself now. I can make sure that I level up, but leveling up also means leveling up for what's leveling up for you. You're going to take advice from a thousand and one people, but learn to take what's for you and leave the rest. Just like if you're listening to this, there might be something that resonates with you that other parts may not. And I appreciate you listening to the whole thing. But again, take what's for you and do what you have to do that works best for you. You don't have to compare yourself to a bunch of people because that's going to be tiring too. Because even if you level up and you do everything that somebody else wants, there's going to be somebody else that's going to come by, come right behind her or him or them and say, well, I don't like the way you did that. You should change it this way. So you really are going to be a chameleon for every chameleon for everybody if you don't learn to stand on your own. Take the what's for you and leave the rest. I will forever make sure that if I go to any function that I'm always on point, which I believe ever since then I have been ever since then I've been working hard ever since then I've been like, what do I want other people to see? How do I want my page or how I want my product? How do I want my, my business to be viewed 100%. So leveling up that we got that, but being embarrassed because somebody goes out of their way to like put the nail in the coffin because they want to make a skip a spectacle of you that's not okay. And so how I handled that was, like I said, I stayed for the entire event. I did not leave, although I wanted to. I made sure that I greeted every last one that was there. I made sure that I made my rounds and, you know, introduced myself. Now, could it possibly be that after I left, you know, people could have been whispering in there about me or whatever the case may be? Possibly, but that's not my business. That's not, they didn't say it to me. It's none of my concern. But we have to learn that 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 was a lot for me. That took a lot of maturity. I don't even know if that was maturity or self-protecting, but I felt like I was probably more like self-protecting the situation because I know me once I let go, I let go. And so I'm grateful for that moment. I'm grateful for learning the lesson that had to be learned. But I'm also grateful for being in self-control because the 20 year old little toy 
would have not responded any old type of way. The second the mouth opened up and said anything about trying to check me, she'd have got checked. But you know, it's like, you can't go around checking everybody all the time. Like you're not everybody's checker. I'm not meant to check her. Like there's going to be a lesson that somebody else is going to throw her away. That's going to teach her the same, you know, the lesson of listen and love, give a lesson in love. When my friends come to me, I try my very best to give them whatever it is that they need. Even when they're wrong, it's about the delivery in love because I've had multiple people come to me and give me lessons and tell me that, oh, you don't look t- together or, oh, you don't have it together or, oh, I don't like what you're doing. I don't like what you're what you're putting out there. And it don't always come from a place of love. It doesn't come from a place of I want you to be better. My job as a person that's receiving the message is to receive what's for me and to learn to And I've learned to put people in their place because when I went home after that event, I was more frustrated with myself for not backing her up off of me and saying, sis, listen, I hear you. I get what you're saying, but this is not the time of the place. Or how about you just change the way you're saying it? Because I'm not, I'm not going to receive from you after this moment. So I decided that I was not going to allow myself to be in a situation where I was going to be mad because I didn't speak up for myself. Because why? I don't have any reason to not to not speak up for myself, especially when I know I've been accustomed to going off and speaking up for myself. But for me, the other lesson was making sure that you know that just because you are right don't mean you have to let the whole world. Sometimes letting people think that they have gotten off on you and letting them do whatever they're going to do because that's they're, they're going to reap that. That's a lesson for them. That has nothing to do with me. But not being somebody else's punching bag either. There's a balance. Everything is about balance. But yeah, leveling up for me and not comparing myself to somebody else is a beautiful thing. But being the very best of who I can be and what I can bring to the table matters. And that's the most important part. And realizing that no matter what table that you're in, you can do and bring the very best of yourself to that table and should for whatever reason, you get to the point where you're not able to see somebody, somebody can't see the value in what you bring to the table. You don't have to sit there and try to go from table to table. You just learn how to create your own. You learn how to create the space for yourself because I'm really, like I said, I would be by all accounts. I consider myself to be a very awkward person. And because I deal with social anxiety, that was my biggest hurdle. When I went to that event that day, it had nothing to do with, for me, of making sure that I had on red pumps and this, this and that and had certain brands and certain things like that. It was for me, the ability to get out and network because network at that time, this was like last year network at that time was such a hard thing for me. It was something that I've always knew the, how to do it. I know how to do it, but when it came to doing it, it was always so hard for me to get past that social anxiety, like walking into a room, especially when I walk into a room, but when I'm, by myself I'm not with someone who I know and having to basically navigate a new space creates a level of anxiety for me that is very sometimes debilitating meaning I can get somewhere and can't even speak because I'm so debilitated by the fact that I've been this room in this space because something is different and something is new I've learned over the years that if I'm going to talk about being toy time or if I'm going to talk about being conversations with toy the operative word is toy, toy time and conversations with toy would never be whatever they're going to be without me owning that, that room. I have to be able to speak up. I have to be able to, you know, articulate myself. I have to be able to come and own the space that I'm in. And so therefore that particular meeting was about getting past this fear of, oh my God, I'm in a room that I'm not familiar with. Because I'm going to always be in spaces that I'm not familiar with. It's like when you go to something for the very first time, you may not always go in there with all the right skill sets. But you where I lacked in one area, it's like I can conquer something in a different different area. And so I'm learning that, yes, I'm going to have to walk in spaces sometimes for the very first time, sometimes even with fear, sometimes even with anxiety. And while I'm in the midst of anxiety, like I was literally feeling like I was about to have an anxiety attack, which I haven't had anxiety attacks since, I don't know, college. That's over 20 something years ago. But I have to be able to own a room because this is who this is who the brand is. It is me. 
Like I don't have a team. It's just me. And therefore I got to own the rooms that I walk in because you never know who is walking in that room. Again, that lesson was loud and clear, but I, I'm so grateful that I did not allow that situation to deter me because then I started going into other, other rooms and started making like, I just feel like I'm at a point where I want to make my table. Like I want whose table is this? It's mine. I want to make a table. I'm not trying to go to everybody's table and hope that some, there's what, at least one person that's going to accept me. There's a difference between owning yourself and then learning to accept yourself that you don't have to wait for somebody else to high five what you're saying, high five what you're doing, because you should be able to literally make your own table. And that's hard to do because that table, when you make your own table, like I'm going to make my space. I'm not going to argue about being at the table. And I think that's what a lot of, uh, especially African-American black creators have to deal with all the time because we're not paid as much as other people. We can do the same thing, have the same type of feed, have the same type of look, and we will still not get paid the same amount as another influencer that's not of color. That's just the truth. I don't care what industry that they're in. I don't care what type of branding that they do. A lot of times we're not paid the same. And so a lot of times you're getting told no because you don't fit the mode of the certain look that the brand is looking for because they're only looking for certain things that they're used to seeing. But when you go to create that table and you say, I'm going to create my own table, I'm going to create my own space and I'm going to make sure that I value myself and I'm going to make sure that I'm doing what I'm supposed to do for myself. It's a lonely walk. It is scary. It's lonely. Some days I've sat around crying like, why is this happening this way? Why can't it just pop like somebody else's? But it's the dedication for me. It's the working hard for me. It's all making sure that whatever is being done and whatever's being put out, it's being handpicked by me, but it's lonely. It's lonely in the sense that you're not going to always have somebody that's always going to be willing to take and do the same amount of work that you're trying to do for what you're trying to get. Cause everybody else has their own intent. Everybody else has their own, what they're trying to get out of whatever it is that they're doing. But we put so much pressure for everybody to make sure that if you like me and you love me, you must agree with me. And that's not the case. You can disagree with someone and love them and respect them, but respectfully disagree. But you're going to have to learn if you're going to make a table for yourself, or you're going to make your own table. It's going to come with a lot of work. It's going to come from a lot of lots of work. And sometimes within that work and just being the business of trying to get it to work, you may find that you aren't, your friends are not aligned. That's the biggest lesson that I've learned. One of the biggest lessons I've learned is that it may not work out the way that you think that it's supposed to work out. You might have people that have always been in your corner that may decide to drop off because they have gotten to the point of their of your destiny that they had to drop off. They're no longer able to continue the journey. Their journey is taking them a different place, has taken them to a different level. And you and your other friend, your, your person that you looked up to, the person that you wanted to accept you may not, may not. And you can't just let go of the vision and let go of the dream because somebody else is not fitting the mold or you're not fitting their mold. Because if you're trying to create the table, you got to be willing to put the work in. You got to be willing to put the, the excellence behind it. You got to be willing to do all those things because it matters. It matters if you want for something to come out a certain way. It matters. So that was our lesson about creating a table and not comparing yourself. Because it's easy to do. It's easy to compare yourself. But if you start going down that long, long dreaded road of comparison, you will never be able to get off. You won't even know you won't even know how dope you are as an individual and what you bring to the table because it's always changing for whomever just decides to come your way. And that is no way to live. There's no peace in that. Because you're always trying to figure out who's what will make another individual happy when you haven't even made yourself happy. Next week we have a guest. I know we have a guest and let's not get too crazy, but this is, I think the guest is pretty, pretty awesome. So we're going to do a, he said, she said with my husband next week. Um, it's not going to be the whole podcast, just, you know, a couple of questions back, back and forth about, you know, the different aspects of relationship, because 
a lot of who I am is a lot because of who I also marry. Like when you make that choice to get married to someone or you take on a person or you make it a relationship work, a lot of that choice is reflective upon the person of whom you marry. So if you marry a person, there's something about that person that draws you in. That means there's something about you that's inside of you that drew that other person. So it's very clear, very very much understanding about when you marry someone and make sure that again, you don't have to be equals. You don't have to, I don't ever agree with this whole, the person completes me Two complete people came together and they make their lives more enriched. They make their lives more fulfilling, but one person, another person cannot complete you, which is how I used to think back in college, which we will talk about next week when we bring my husband Marcus. Because, you know, love will make you do, like I said, crazy things, but love will also grow you up really quick. And when you find the right person that mirrors you, you will get to the point where if you're not open to change, you're not open to doing what you need to do for yourself. You'll find yourself in all kind of conflicting parts of your relationship. And let's just be honest. My husband and I's relationship is nowhere near any type of level of perfection. But it is our own sense of greatness because we're putting the work in to try to be there for each other. And so we're going to talk about that because relationships matter about how you love another person and the love that that other person brings back to you. And having a good partner will help you in the different aspects of life. Because if you get a bad partner, and even if you're trying to build your own table, like, like I've always been trying to do, if you don't have a good partner, they will break bring you down in the worst way while you're trying to build. Some people have lost their relationship and lost their marriage because as they were building the table, you know, they were cognizant of their relationship. We're not talking people who just decide to just worry about the table and forget about their mate. We're talking about people who, when you start to build your own table and you're starting to build who you want to be and you're starting to walk into who you really are, you'll have a spouse if you're not careful enough that will be like, this ain't, this ain't what I wanted. You ever been broken? You ever have a cup that's broken and you try to put the pieces together? But when you go to buy a new cup or when you get it to the place where that broken cup seems to be a little bit better, some people like that that new cup. They don't want that, that shattered cup that looks better. Even if that's your favorite cup, they may not want that cup anymore. And so when you're building, you better be sure that the person that you want is going to want you even when you fall and break in pieces. Like I've broken plenty of cups and put that cup together. And as long as this, the liquid holds and that foundation is sure, I'm going to keep drinking out that cup. But when you get to a relationship with somebody else who's not supposed to be there, they not they don't want that. They want a new cup. They don't care that the foundation is sound. They don't care that you can drink out that cup and the cup is perfectly fine and there's nothing wrong with that cup. They want a new cup. And that happens too. So having a great, great mate will will bring a lot of peace to your life. Even when the peace is seeming to be ruffled a little bit because every relationship goes through their ups and downs. But I'm grateful for, because like I said, I'm able to move the way that I move because I have a very understanding partner and he is very understanding because he makes sure that he supports the things that I have going on. That has not always been the case. We've, And I'm not saying he's not always been supportive because he has, but it has always been felt from me the way that he's done, the way he's been moving in these last couple of years. And inside of that, you know, I've always, I have not always been in the place of maturity and growth where he could even be who he's needed to be in my life without me being offended by it. So we're going to bring him on next week. We're going to talk about it. The ups and downs of parts of our ups and downs for, you know, how we've been maneuvering, making it work. And especially during the pandemic and just, you know, how we've been able to maneuver around each other. Cause for the 90% of it's been great, but 10% is always, you know, it's always trying. That's just how relationships work. So look forward to that next week. Um, season two is here. We are already in it. This is season two episode one so i'm grateful for your support remember if you like what you're hearing please share it please review it please like it um give me you know questions that you may have let 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 me know you can find me on social media at toy time t-o-i-t-i-m-e um blog you can find me on all social media platforms as toy time blog my website is toy time blog uh, dot org so that's T-O-I-T-I-M-E blog. 
or T-O-I-T-I-M-E dot org for my website. So again, follow me on my podcast, you know, where you're listening here. Follow me on the on the actual blog. You can follow me on, on so, all social media platforms as Toy Time Blog. And I really just, you know, want to say thank you for rocking out with me as we go into season two. Hopefully that you're, you know, find this to be one of the places that you can come and listen to and just feel like you're talking to one of your girlfriends who just happens to get you because that's the whole point. Um, and we will be back next week, same time next Friday with some more amazing content. We'll be back with some he said, she said, and I'm hoping that your weekend is great. I'm hoping that while we're absent from each other next week, that you have the most, the most amazing week ever that all your goals and your dreams with all the work that you're putting in is going to come to fruition and that no matter how small or how big you feel that you really are, remember, it's not about how small or how big you are. It's just how much you're willing to work towards your goals. So we'll see each other next week. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you as always for joining me. And I know that even in the deepest or joyful conversations, that there's something we can learn and apply. Until next time, I hope that you are doing better. If not, we will be back to talk some more and handle it. Peace to you and yours. Stay grounded.